You're listening to Leading and Learning. This is the place where we talk about practical leadership, theology, fitness, how to create winning habits, and so much more. My name is David Spell, and I'm a retired police officer, a pastor, a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. My goal on leading and learning is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. Welcome back to Leading and Learning. This is episode number 435, Introduction to the Parables. So before we jump into a look at some of Jesus' parables and talking about what the parables actually are, I want to give a little bit of an overview of Jesus' earthly ministry. It's easy to read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and think that that we know everything we need to know about Jesus' ministry. But I think there's a few things that are worth thinking about, and I want to explore a few things that are like uh, maybe keys to, to understanding um, Jesus' ministry, maybe at a little bit of a deeper level. First of all, um, we need to understand we can divide Jesus' ministry up in, into about three sections. A third of Jesus' ministry was occupied with his teaching, which is what we'll be talking about. Um, another third is, is, is occupied by his miracles or healing uh, ministry. And then the third part, and this one might surprise you, was actually dedicated to setting people free. And 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 Matthew, Mark, Luke, and Matthew, Mark, and Luke, those three synoptics, we see Jesus. Um, a big part of his ministry was casting out demons and setting people free from the power of the demonic. And 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 obviously in this episode, the episodes following, we're not going to be talking about that because we're talking about the parables and and Jesus's teaching. But it is worth exploring. Um, the fact that Jesus understood and, and part of his message, part of his ministry was in setting people free. Now, Jesus started his ministry, at least in, in Mark's gospel, with this verse. This is from Mark um, 1 and verse 15. Jesus, or the end of verse 14, says, Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God and saying... The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. So one of the first things we might ask is, when we're talking about Jesus' earthly ministry, especially his teaching ministry, what did Jesus teach? Well, he taught about the kingdom of God. Now, what's interesting is everything Jesus taught was in some way related to the kingdom of God, whether he expressed that or not, because we see it as the encompassing uh, ministry that Jesus had was in proclaiming the kingdom of God. So when Jesus gave us the the brilliant Sermon on the Mount in in Matthew 5, chapters 5 through 7, he's giving us the the manifesto of the kingdom, how we should live, um, the beautiful beatitudes, uh, telling us that that the heart attitude is more important 
than just actually doing something. I mean, he 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 told the the people who were listening to him. He said, "You've heard it said that uh, you shall not murder, but I say that if you get angry, you've committed sin." He said, uh, "It's been written, you shall not commit adultery, but I say to you that if you look at a woman with lust, you've committed adultery." So Jesus upped the ante. He, he really made it clear that the heart was more important than than um, just being able to tick off a box. So really fascinating. But um, when Jesus talked about money, he was providing a kingdom perspective. Um, Matthew six thirty three: Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And he said this right after this incredible passage on um, anxiety and not worrying about what we have or don't have. And then he said, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. He talks about relationships, marriage relationship, how we should treat each other. Remember the famous story of of Peter coming to Jesus and, and saying, how many times should I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Seven? And Jesus said, no, 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 70 times seven. Again, kingdom values. So Jesus proclaimed the kingdom and every single thing that uh, that he taught was in some way related to the kingdom of God. So whether you're in Matthew, Mark, Luke, or in John, he's teaching about the kingdom. We'll be right back, but I wanted to let you know that this episode of Leading and Learning is brought to you by my book, Miracles and Mark, as well as the uh, video course, the study course that goes along with the book. Uh, The video course has over 20 short videos that accompany the course materials, and this is a great tool. The book and the video course, you put them together, you have a great tool for a Sunday school class, a small group, or even your own personal study. So click on the links, check them out. Miracles in Mark and the video course based on the book. Okay, so we're talking about what Jesus taught. And as we've said, he taught about the kingdom of God. The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. So Jesus came to declare the fact that the kingdom of God was at hand. But the fact that the kingdom of God was at hand meant that things were going to be different. Every kingdom has its own values. Every kingdom has its own way of approaching life. Every kingdom has things that are important. And so Jesus came to present what the kingdom of God should look like as lived out in the life of his followers. And what's fascinating, when we think about the kingdom of God, we think about this thing that, I mean, we can't see it, right? I mean, we can't see it. It's it, it's not here physically. So where is it? And I think we need to understand that the kingdom was inaugurated when Jesus came to earth and, and, and through his earthly ministry, through his death and resurrection, the kingdom of God has been inaugurated. The, the people of God carry the kingdom of God inside of us. But there's also that, that element, that aspect of the kingdom 
that hasn't come yet. It started, Paul says in a couple of places, that God has given us his Holy Spirit as a deposit of the glory to come. And I think when we read, especially Revelation or even what Jesus said when he talked about eschatology, the end times, we, we, we understand that we are participating in the kingdom. And what did Jesus teach us to pray in, in, in the Lord's Prayer? Um, he said, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So our job as Christians, as believers, as disciples, as followers of Jesus is to live out the kingdom here below, to take these values, to make them a part of our life, and to represent the kingdom. And then Paul tells us in uh, 2 Corinthians 5, he says, we're ambassadors for Christ. And our job is to represent uh, the kingdom, to represent the king as its ambassadors. So, So Jesus taught about the kingdom, and that's kind of where the parables come in, because I think the next question to ask is, how did Jesus teach? He came to teach about the kingdom, but how did he teach? In so many of the accounts where Jesus was teaching, he used parables. Parables were the teaching method that Jesus typically used, especially for the crowds. Now, what's interesting is when you read the Sermon on the Mount, you don't really see much uh, parabolic teaching there. That's pretty straightforward stuff. But in so many other places when he was teaching, he used stories. He used parables to drive his point home. Now, why is that important? Well, the reality is we all relate to stories. Stories fascinate us. That's why Hollywood is a billion multi-billions of dollar uh, industry where they make stories that resonate with people and get them to go shell out their money to sit in a theater and to watch it. Television's the same way. People resonate with stories. We want to hear stories. We want to see happy endings. We want to see how things are resolved. Well, Jesus understood that, and so he told parables, which are stories that drive home the particular point, the particular teaching that he was wanting to get across. So what are parables? Parables are simple stories. And obviously, when you read the parables of Jesus, you see that some are more complicated than others. But they're basically simple stories to teach us something about the kingdom of God. In fact, in most of Jesus' parables, in many, many of Jesus' parables, He starts off by saying, the kingdom of heaven is like, or the kingdom of God is like, and then tells the parable. So he's using the the story, he's using the, the parable to set up a lesson to show his followers what the kingdom of God is really like. And so what you get is this multifaceted, um, many sided picture of the kingdom. You see so many different aspects of the kingdom. You see grace. You see judgment. You see love and compassion. You see um, anger against people who who aren't doing what they were supposed to do. Um, There's so many different things, components of the kingdom of God. 
you see the, the, the importance of working in the kingdom. And you also see the importance of enjoying and receiving God's grace. These, these contrasting values. So the parables are designed normally to impart maybe just one or two lessons. Uh, there's usually maybe a, a main point and sometimes a couple of secondary points to these parables. They're usually written in a manner that's, or taught in a manner that's simple, uh, that the audience is immediately going to be to relate to. And this is really important if you're a pastor, a preacher, a teacher, that we understand Jesus' teaching method. You know, I've been uh, on, on mission trips, I've served in, in different countries, and, and, you know, I always try to build a message with stories that people are going to be, relate to. And so I have to think through, if I'm in rural India, am I going to be able to share a story that I might be able to share in uh, suburban America? And so I'm always looking for stories that relate well relate well, and that uh, the people can connect with. And an example, I, was in, I led a team to uh, Africa one time, into Ghana, and, uh, you know, we had a group of pastors there and we were doing an outdoor crusade in a very rural, very poor area. And, and I remember the, the pastors he was preaching was encouraging people to read the Word of God, to make the Word of God a, a part of their lives and how it would help them. Okay, no problem there. That's, that's great. That translates easily. But then he said, it's like if you buy a new washing machine to wash your clothes, the first thing you should do is read the owner's manual. And I'll never forget the look the translator gave this pastor because the translator knew there's no way to translate washing machine. These people had no idea what a washing machine was. They did their laundry down at the river. Um, on rocks. I mean, that was how they did their laundry. There was no electricity in their village. So this was a, one of those examples that the translator did the best he could, but it was very difficult. Jesus, on the other hand, gives us a beautiful example of giving parables that relate to the, to the people. Um, family settings. The prodigal son, that's a great one. Um, agricultural settings the parable of the sower who, who threw the seed out, um, the parable of the tares, talks about fishing. So many different parables that Jesus gives, but they're all immediately relatable. And so, as again, as leaders, we should take that to heart and make sure we're crafting messages that are easy to understand and that people are going to relate to. And if you don't use a lot of stories or illustrations or um, uh, parables or you know however you, you you want to describe them in your messages, it's something to think about. The stories will often stay with the people long after your brilliant three points are forgotten. So learn to become a, you know a good a good storyteller. Work on it because Jesus did, and two thousand years later we're still reading his parables. All right, well, I'm going to stop there, <clears throat> but what we want to do, <clears throat> excuse me, next week is we will jump in and start talking specifically 
about a few of the parables. Um, we'll look for some of the main points, and we'll, we'll we'll explain and talk about you know how these parables can be applied, how they were looked at then, and how we can apply them today. Well, friends, I'd love to hear from you. If you have any questions or comments, go to davidspell.com. Um, leave me a, a, a comment or question in the comment section for today's post. Also, while you're there, make sure you sign up to get my free newsletter so that we can stay in touch. I just sent one out yesterday talking about my uh, latest uh, upcoming trip in a week or so to India to do ministry there. And, uh, and I'd love to stay in touch with you. So by all means, sign up so that we can stay connected. Well, thanks for being with me. We will see you next week on Leading and Learning. Thank you.